You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what's going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on in to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC-related things. But on this podcast specifically, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. On today's episode of Locked On Kentucky, we are going to be asking the question. We're going to finally get to it. We're going to have a full-blown, full-length conversation. Are we for or against Kentucky point guard Severe Wheeler? We're also going to talk about whether or not there should be some rotation, maybe a little bit more rotation than there has been at the starting point guard spot. We've got some numbers I want to dive into. And then finally, we are going to get to Liam Cohen's return as offensive coordinator for the Kentucky Wildcats. It is huge for Kentucky and we're going to talk about why later on in the show. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college. Post your job for free today. Terms and conditions apply. All right, so let's go ahead and get into it. The big question that has been floating around the big blue nation sphere online it surrounds point guard Severe Wheeler. Obviously, statistically, I think you could say that Wheeler has taken a drop off this season. We're going to talk about the numbers in just a second, but when you actually watch him play, when you actually watch what he's doing in some of these big-time games that Kentucky's been playing recently, he's not been executing at the level that you need your starting point guard to be executing, and more importantly, he's not executing at the level that he was playing at last year. I mean, every single statistical category outside of three-point percentage, he's fallen off in to some degree. I, I say fallen off. I don't mean to be that dramatic, but I definitely think that there is a solution to this, and we're going to get to that in a second. But talking about whether or not we're for or against Severe Wheeler, I want all of you, and I mean every single person out there listening today, to go to the YouTube comments or on, if you're listening on podcast at LockedOnUK on the socials. I want you to give me your opinion. Are you for or are you against Severe Wheeler as the starting point guard for the Kentucky Wildcats? And should Kaysen Wallace, the current backup, the five-star freshman, should he maybe either take some more minutes away from Wheeler or should he be the starter outright? Let's talk about some of the positives for Wheeler real quick so just to kind of set the tone here. Obviously, the big thing that Wheeler is really, really good at is distributing the basketball. His assist rate, best on the team, Last season, he was averaging 6.9 assists per game. This year, it's taken a little bit of a dip to 6.5. That's what he does best. He finds guys in space, and he gets him the ball, and he gets Kentucky's offense going. That's what your point guard is supposed to do. You're not asking. I mean, traditionally, back in the day, you wouldn't ask your point guard to necessarily be some type of primary scorer, right? That's why you have your point guard and your shooting guard. That's why you have your one and your two. But nowadays, you start to see... Uh, and, and geez, you could even see this all the way back to the 80s. I mean, as the game has evolved, you've kind of seen different positions blend together to where now here in 2022, you kind of see a modern version of basketball, a positionless version of basketball most of the time, depending on where you're at, obviously, and depending on what level you're playing at. But Severe Wheeler, Severe Wheeler is not a primary scorer for the Wildcats. But based on 
the game today and based on what is required and asked of this team, I would like to think that Wheeler should be a little bit more of a scorer. And I'm not saying be more of a scorer, take away from the distribution. I'm saying I think that he should score a little bit more effectively than he does, even though traditionally his position back in the day did not necessarily call for that. So six and a half assists per game is absolutely phenomenal. I mean, there's no debating. He gets people the ball and he gets people in position to score. And on top of that, I think what Wheeler does really well is he helps the pace of Kentucky's offense. We talked about this on the last episode, if you want to go check that out. We were talking about the importance of transition offense for Kentucky and how I think it needs to become more of an important aspect of what Kentucky wants to do offensively. I think they need to be able to get out and run a little bit more than they do and Severe Wheeler definitely helped that. He certainly helped it last last year. I mean, you would see consistently rim runs with Oscar Shibway in transition where Wheeler and Shibway would do their little two-man thing, and they would consistently get buckets. He helps the pace of the game. He speeds things up. That was, that's what Kentucky wants to do with their athleticism. He's really, really good at those two things, distributing the basketball and picking up the pace of the game. And he's a good ball handler on top of that, by the way. Some teams in this league, the Southeastern Conference, have point guards that aren't phenomenal ball handlers. They are just simply there to distribute and pass and different things like that. Wheeler can do that. Wheeler is comfortable doing that. So those are the positives for him. The negatives. I think, obviously, size is one of them. You know, you you can't necessarily do a whole lot of different things with a guard that's listed at 5'9", and to be honest with you, He's probably a little shorter than that. There are some things offensively that maybe, or defensively, I think more specifically, that you'd like to be able to do that you can't uh, if you have size restrictions, and Wheeler, Wheeler obviously has that. And then I think the other thing that he has going against him, a negative here, this is the biggest one for me, his inefficient shooting is getting worse. So we talked about the distribution. We talked about that being the primary value of his position. And he's not the primary scorer. But I think Kentucky needs more out of their guard play. And if he's going to be shooting as much as he is, which is, I believe, fourth most on the team in field goal attempts, he's got to be more effective. He's got to be more efficient. So I want to throw some numbers at you you real quick to kind of prove what's happening here. In 2021 for the Wildcats, his effective field goal percentage was 47.1%. Okay. In 2022, this season, it's taken a drop by 3%. So we went from 47 in 2021 to 44 this season. He's taken a bit of a dip there. Last season, he took 41.2% of his shots at the rim. This season, 41.8. So he's taking a little under half of his shots at the rim. So you would expect his field goal percentage at the rim to kind of be consistent as well alongside the consistency with the amount of shots he actually takes there. Well, his field goal percentage at the rim last season was 63.4%. That was the second worst on the team behind Davion Mintz. So meaning right there at the rim when he took a shot, he hit it 63% of the time last year. This year, it has dipped dramatically to 53.6%. His field goal percentage at the rim making a layup has dipped 10%. This season. That is very important as we continue our conversation here. On top of that, his free throw percentage 
has plummeted from 78% last year to 59.1% this year. His efficiency has completely fallen off outside of his three-point shot, which has stayed the same. And his three-point shot is not good. I mean, you're shooting 31-32% from three. That's not good. It's not going to cut it. For anybody out there wondering, like, hey, I cannot believe these statistics. Hey, I can't believe he's fallen off that bad in certain aspects of his game. I don't believe it. It's hard, hard to believe. You can go check out hoopmath.com. You can go check out Ken Palm and Sports Reference. Those are the three primary ones I pull from for this. All of those sites uh, have the either effective field goal percentages or just the base stats of uh, free throw, th- three-point percentage, assist per game, different things like that. Hoopmath specifically breaks shots down by where they come from and how they are, how they happen and different things like that. But anyway, point being, he's really good at distributing the basketball. He's really good at helping the pace, but his shooting, and he's continuing to shoot as much as he did last year. His shooting is getting worse. And there's nothing you can really do to combat that because of the product, the result that we've actually seen on the court. So let's take a step back away from the statistical, you know, dip here. Look at what he's been doing in big games this year. Inconsistent decision-making. And on top of that, you saw him miss quite a few shots at the rim against Michigan State, specifically, is what I keep going back to in my mind. You've seen Severe Wheeler, not just overall, but whenever the team needs him most, not he's not able to step up and he's not able to make the play. And I think that that's a problem when you start to think about what's sitting behind him at point guard in Casey Wallace. And I'm gonna, I want to talk about Wallace in just a second. Before I do that, though, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business, You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It's incredibly easy to create a free job post. Finishing the year well is important, and finding the right team member might help you close 2022 strong and help set you up for a more successful year in 2023. It's simple. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster, you can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, continuing along here on the Wednesday edition of Locked On Kentucky, Lance Dahl hanging out here with you. So we've gone over the positives and negatives of point guard Severe Wheeler. The reason that we're discussing this today is because there is a lot of discussion online about Wheeler and what he does for this team. They have seen two. I've not really seen a lot of people that are just sort of neutral on Wheeler. He's a very polarizing player, I think, for this team right now. Uh, And a lot of people love him, and a lot of people are very, very negative about him. There's not a lot of people that just kind of sit in the middle ground and say maybe his minutes should be regulated a little bit more than they are, but he's still valuable to this offense. I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now, that's where I stand. I think that he is valuable to this offense, but if he is going to continue to shoot as poorly as he does, I think one of two things needs to happen. You either take away his minutes or you tell him not to shoot as much. 
And honestly, if you've got a 5'9 point guard that can't shoot, I think it's a little bit easier for defenses to figure out what the offense is going to do on a consistent basis. So right now, I think Severe Wheeler needs to have his minutes taken down just a little bit. Should he be should he be all coming off the bench instead of starting? I don't know. But there's a player right now that is definitely playing good enough to, I think, earn starting minutes, and that's Kaysen Wallace. So I want to ask you guys, on top of, are we for or against Severe Wheeler? I want to ask you guys, should Kaysen Wallace, who, by the way, is averaging, I believe, 32 minutes per game right now, so he's getting starting minutes, should he be Kentucky's starting point guard? And I'm going to run through this here for you real quick. My answer is no for the reasons I just stated previously. First of all, seniority. Second of all, I think that he is still, Wheeler is still valuable to this team. But just look at Wallace's numbers. So we went through for Wheeler. We went through his effective field goal percentage, his percentage of shots at the rim, his field goal percentage at the rim, his free throw percentage, and his three-point percentage, right? So we're just talking about how efficient has he been. And he's taken a dip in almost every single category outside of three-point percentage, which is only up 1%. Case in Wallace this year. 64.7% is his effective field goal percentage. We talked about this number specifically for Wallace on a previous episode. That's really, really good. There are only so many guards in the SEC that have a better number than that. In fact, I believe that is third best in the SEC out of guards, their effective field goal percentage. He only takes 21% of his shots at the rim, which is literally half of what Severe Wheeler takes. But his field goal percentage is 78.6%, as opposed to Wheeler's 53.6. That field goal percentage at the rim for Wallace, that means almost 80% of the time he takes a shot at the rim, he's making it. That's third best on the team, as you can imagine, behind a couple of forwards, Lance Ware, Yugena Onyenzo. Believe it or not, his effective field goal percentage at the rim, or excuse me, just his field goal percentage at the rim, is better than Oscar Shibwe. That is per hoop math, and that is per Ken Palm. I believe it's on Ken Palm. I, I, that, I believe that's where I saw it first, but it is for sure from hoop math because I've got to pull it up right here. His free throw percentage has been terrible this year. There's no other way to cut it. 57% is awful. That's just pathetic. But his three-point percentage has been really, 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 really good at 51.6. So he's got Wheeler beat in every single category outside of free throw percentage. Which, by the way, historically, Wheeler has been a good free throw shooter. So maybe it's just going to take some time for him to get back to where he was. Or maybe he's just fallen off and it's a mental thing for him this year. I'm not quite sure. But the numbers back up a call to action for John Calipari to get Cason Wallace some more opportunities. Now, let's talk about the negatives now that we've talked about the positives with Cason Wallace. He's a, he's a more efficient player than Severe Wheeler. Objectively a more efficient player. I think Cason Wallace, the big knock against him is he struggles a little bit against pressure and he's not as good of, of, of a ball handler as Wheeler is. There was somebody on Rupp Rafters that, uh, that had a comment. I believe it was Jonathan W., if I'm not mistaken, because I asked this question over there as well as on, on Twitter. He said something that I thought was interesting. He said the bad right now, and this is a better change, is that Neither of them want the ball in their hands late in a game where the other team may want to foul. And I sort of agree with that. 
I don't necessarily know if I want to say neither want, want the ball in their hands. So I rephrased his uh, statement here. The bad right now is that neither Severe Wheeler nor Casey Wallace can execute with the ball in their hands late in a game where the other team may want to foul. So far this season, and again, it's been a small sample size. I don't know if I've stated that already on this show. It's been a small sample size for Casey Wallace. That's another knock against why he should not be the starting point guard. Again, I want to reiterate, I don't believe that he should. I'm just looking at the numbers and pointing out that he's a more efficient player. Efficiency deserves minutes. That's how you win basketball games. You don't start the worst. You don't start the, uh, you, or excuse me, you don't, you don't bench the better players. You don't relegate minutes for the better players. Brennan Canada, is, there's, a, there's a reason that he's on the bench. All due respect to him, the fact that he's even gotten on the roster is phenomenal. It's very, very, very difficult to get it on a basketball roster at the Division I level, much less Kentucky. So no disrespect to him, but we're talking about winning games here. The best players play to win games. Cason Wallace, I think, needs a little bit more command, I think, a little bit more rope. And I think we'll start to see that as the season goes on. But right now, he's struggling a little bit with pressure, obviously because I think he's young. He's a freshman. That's going to be expected. It's going to come with it. So that's kind of my thought on it. I think Severe Wheeler should continue to start. But all of the numbers back up Kaysen Wallace getting more minutes. Because this team is trying to win. Right now, this team's trying to win. They're 7-2. and two. Their two biggest games they lost. They're coming up on UCLA this Saturday. According to Ken Palm, it's the eighth best team in the country. We're going to have a lot of thoughts on that matchup moving forward over these next couple of episodes. It's going to be very important that Kentucky brings their A game. And they've got to find out uh, the best rotation that they can get for it. So that's my thought on that. If you've got a differing opinion, if you agree, if you disagree, I want to hear you, your guys' thoughts on this. So leave it in the YouTube comments, or you can hit me on the socials at Locked On UK. The final thing I want to talk about today, football-related. Obviously, last time we talked about the football team, we were talking about how this may honestly be the worst bowl game of all time. If you want to go hear my thoughts on that, I've got a clip on that specific part of the show from the other day on my YouTube channel at Locked On Kentucky. I want to talk about the return of offensive coordinator Liam Cohen, who left for the Rams, and now he's back. Before we get to that, though, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and, uh, and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer and esports. We've got it all over here at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts like this one, you can find those at Bet Online as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. You can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action that is Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, wrapping up the Wednesday edition of Locked On Kentucky, Lance Dahl hanging out here with you. Liam Cohen's return as OC for the Wildcats is huge, huge for Kentucky. I'm going to give you a couple reasons why. The biggest thing here is Kentucky may actually get back to running the ball a little bit better. That is if they can find some offensive linemen. But point being, I think schematically, the Wildcats should be a little bit better than they were this season at establishing the ground game. 
I think it is one of the most important things in all of college football to understand schematically what wins games and what wins titles. A lot of people want to point to high-octane spread football. That is, the, that is the point of success for a team that wants to go win something significant. They've got to have an offense that throws the ball around. They've got to have an offense that can score and is fast and is yada, 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 yada. I want you to go back and look at some of the most recent winners of national titles, of conference titles, etc. Players and teams that have won significant things in the 2000s and the 2010s. You'll notice here, even through the playoff era, the teams that have found the most success and have gotten to the playoff are teams that are built around smash-mouth football. And I know that some of you may say, look at 2019 LSU. Obviously, they threw the ball a little bit around, uh, around more than some other teams. Sure, that's a slight exception. But even that team knew how to run the football. Georgia, right now, is the best team in the country, I think. They know how to run the football. They, are, they know how to establish themselves on the ground. And as their system has gotten a little bit more established, as Todd Munkin has kind of been able to establish things, as Stetson Bennett has gotten older, they've started to air it out a little bit more because teams expect them to run the ball down their throat. So the offense has opened up. Ohio State, they know how to run the football first and foremost. And you saw, you've seen these past two seasons in the big games when they can't run the football, they do not win. Michigan has overtaken them in the Big Ten over these past two seasons, and they are focused on running the ball first and foremost every single drive, unless they are down and obviously you have to throw it. But point being, the winning teams in college football know how to run. They have an established offensive line, the game, in the words of Richard Johnson from the SEC Network, the game is about blocking and tackling. You can establish the line of scrimmage and you can run the ball. You're probably going to win a lot of games because a lot of things come off of that. Kentucky didn't have a running game this year. That was taken away. Will Levis became a non-factor on the ground. Part of that, I think, was by design to protect him. Part of that was because the offensive line was so terrible. We may actually get back to running the ball. And that's going to be really, really big for Kentucky's success. Who that next running back is going to be, we don't know right now. Is Kentucky going to get somebody in the portal? Are they going to stick with some of the young guys on roster? They're a little thin at that spot, so I can imagine they'll want to at least add one, uh, one running back through the portal there. But that's the biggest thing for me, man, is if Kentucky wants to go out there and they can compete, which, listen... It's not all about winning SEC titles because, let's be honest, Georgia probably has the SEC East not locked up, but they're going to have control of this division until the expanded playoff gets here in just a couple of years. Whenever the expanded playoff gets here, teams like Kentucky will have an opportunity, despite winning their conference, they will have an opportunity to get into the playoff. And whenever Kentucky has years like they did last year, they're going to need to be able to rely on a run game, and significant playoff moments. It's just as simple as that. I'm really, really excited about Liam Cohen's return to maybe see if he can revitalize what has made Kentucky so special over these past few seasons. Mark Stoops had the bright idea of saying, hey, we're going to be run first. We're going to establish this as our identity. So as we get better and as we bring in better recruits, these, these are the things that we are going to focus on and these are the things that are going to make us success successful 
And to be honest with you, those are the, the qualities of a championship program. All the offensive identity that Kentucky has had under Mark Stoops, it is the qualities, they are the qualities of a championship program. But you got to get back to that. You have to get back to that. I know I've talked a lot about the running game, but I think the second most important thing here, and obviously it's the other side of the offense, the passing attack with these young, talented receivers, I think is going to be special. I'm not going to sit here and dog Rich Scangarello because I don't think that's fair. But it's, it's not often that you see a first-year OC come in and not ruin. He couldn't ruin him unless he got him hurt, which he almost just about did. But almost ruin a quarterback's draft stock because of the numbers and the system that, that he made him produce in the system that he put him in. He just about, just about ruined this receiving core this year. Tavion Robinson was supposed to be so much more than what he was this year. Obviously, he had some injury issues. Obviously, uh, again, the scheme held him back. He should have been more than 470 receiving yards. I mean, just straight up. Barry and Brown, obviously, was a major bright spot despite despite what uh, Scangarello did to this offense. I think it's going to be really important that Kentucky gets back to whatever their pass, whatever their route tree looked like, whatever their passing scheme looked like. It does not need to look like Scangarello's. It needs to look more like whatever Kentucky had going last year. Kentucky needs to be able to get back to that with these talented young receivers. There are still pieces, if you can establish an offensive line, there are still pieces for the Wildcats to go out and make some noise. But the biggest thing of all, the biggest thing I'm excited about, is Cohen will get to work with a new quarterback. Now, some of you may say, that's awful that we're losing Will Levis, and you were 100% right. It is, it is not good that we are losing a quarterback to the draft, but they all have to go at some point. So I'm excited to see a new era of Kentucky football underneath what will likely be a transfer portal quarterback for a brief time. I'm excited to see who that guy is, and I'm excited to see Liam Cohen work, work with him. There are so many different elements of this offense that were not permanently damaged because of only one season that was, um, that was a dip. There are so many aspects of this offense that are still able to be revitalized under a coordinator that was only gone for a season. So I'm, I'm really, really enthusiastic to see what this team is made of moving forward, especially interested to see what they do with a portal quarterback if they do end up getting one, and I can only imagine that they want one. So, that's my thought on Liam Cohen's return to Kentucky. If you've got any thoughts on that, hey, leave it in the YouTube comments. I would love to hear your guys' thoughts on that. All right, that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Kentucky. Hey, you can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On UK. You can follow me on Twitter at Lance Dahl underscore, and you can follow the show over on Instagram. That is at Kentucky Podcast. Any questions, comments, concerns, leave them in the YouTube comments. Hit me on the socials. I will see you all tomorrow for another episode of Locked on Kentucky. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day and God bless.